buying behavior has changed. Prospects don't click on links and emails anymore, and they don't watch the videos you spend hours creating every week. Instead, send personalized gifts and memes using Vidyu. You can quickly create engaging, personalized content that immediately grabs your prospect's attention, helps you stand out in the inbox, and does it all without forcing them to click anything or go anywhere. Head over to vidyou.io slash salescast to sign up for free and spend less time getting your messages across and more time selling. In the world of sales, you either sink, swim, or break through to the next level. My name's Colin Mitchell, and this is Sales Transformation, a new kind of sales show designed to bring you through the epic, life-changing moments of elite sellers so you can experience your own sales transformation. Hey, before we start today's episode, I wanted to bring you in on the best kept secret in B2B sales. If you're serious about social selling and your only strategy is cold DMs through LinkedIn, you're missing the mark big time. Learn how a fully managed revenue generating podcast can change your life and your pipeline at salescast.co. All right, welcome to another episode of Sales Transformation. I'm very excited today to have Jaron Vosberg on. He's the vice president of sales over at Jump Crew. Uh, and a little bit about Jaron. He's a wannabe film director turned semi-pro DJ turned revenue consultant to startups and public companies alike. And he's also pretty good at selling and work to help others do the same. Jaron, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Doing great, man. I'm definitely a lot better at the wannabe part than anything that came after <laughs> it. So I definitely got that down. All right. All right. We're going to do a. Are you going to uh, bust out the turntables for us today or what? Uh, I wouldn't want to punish anybody. Uh, it's been, <laughs> I'm a little rusty. Needless to say, a four month old doesn't lend itself to cranking out too many beats that much anymore. But I still got it. I actually moved it from the room where it was upstairs, which is now the guest room that my father in law is staying in right now, and moved it down into my closet, which I'm a little concerned about because that's a recipe for me finding it when we move out. Yeah, it's going to collect a lot of dust in there, especially with a four-month-old. No doubt. Yeah. All right. So cool, man. Uh, thanks for coming on. Appreciate it. Um, tell us, like, where did your professional journey start? Or your what? Give us a little bit. What's your sales story? Yeah. You know, it's funny. Like, I actually don't think I have a sales story. I just have a weird story that led me <laughs> to sales. <laughs> yeah. um, I wish it was that intentional. It certainly wasn't. Um, I, I really wanted to be... Uh, I really wanted to work in film. So I was I grew up in a small town in Tennessee. And the place to do that was L.A., so I went to um, film school out in L.A. Immediately after graduation, worked in production a little bit. I wanted to be a director. Um, and uh, and then I was watching Entourage at the time. If you've ever seen yeah. that show. Yeah, yeah. And I was, I was obsessed with Ari Gold. And I was like, Ari Gold is the shit. Like, that's who I want to be. You got to have two cell phones. You got to drive a Porsche. So I wanted to go into the agency route. Found a job there. Had a chance to work in the agency world for a couple of years, um, which was yeah, definitely yeah. a challenge. But I think a really formative part of my career. It was like the closest I got to what I'd call traditional sales at that point, because I was, you know, right, right there with our CEO, who's doing these pretty big deals, things that most people would would see and know. Um, so that was exciting. But after a little while, I was 
I was sitting there, I was like, am I actually happy right now? Or am I convincing myself that I'm happy? So like pendulum swing the other way. And I was like, I'm just going to build my own company. Like they say, if you do something you love, you'll never work a day in your life, which of oh, course yeah. is like a 23 year old was so misguided, but I was like, let's go with it. So I went the other way and tried to build my own startup. It was a, um, an audio workout app. And we actually built something. We took it to market. We had some paying customers. I was driving for Grubhub, like to just pay bills. Uh, mm -hmm. I could quit my job. So I was doing that. Um, and that ended up failing because a competitor came to market with VC funding and we were like, see ya, we're out of here. Um, mm -hmm. We couldn't compete with that. We bootstrapped everything. So I had to re I had to pivot again. And then I actually ended up working for um, Ancestry.com for a little while out in Colorado. So I got to kind of see the tech side some more, got really bit by that bug. And then when I moved to Nashville, um, ended up falling in here at Jump Crew. I actually had taken another job when I first started here, started there for three months, and then ended up going back to Jump Crew. And um, I've been here ever since. So in a weird way, like it wasn't a sales story per se, but I can definitely look at that in hindsight and see how some of the pieces added up to what ultimately became more of a traditional sales role. Yeah. Okay. Wow. All right. So yeah, sales is usually never anybody's plan A. <laughs> <laughs> Why would they? <laughs> That's insane. Except for me. Except for me. Yeah. yeah I mean, yeah, what, was your, what was your story? I was, you know, I was a pain in the ass kid, you know, um, and I literally had to beg for my first sales job. So, um, and once I got it, like I made the most of it and I was hooked, you know, since then and never really looked back, but, uh, interesting. I saw that you went to LMU, so I live in Westchester, so I know. Yeah. No so, way. Yeah. 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 Dude, that's and, awesome. My, my wife grew up in Westchester and funny enough, we didn't meet until a couple of years after I graduated, but that wow. was like my rebirth, I think was, was Los Angeles coming from, you know, 30,000 people, small town in Tennessee yeah. And then going to LA, it's like all these people in this small school. It was such a transformative time for me. Love the area. That campus is probably to this day the most beautiful place I've ever lived. Like I couldn't even, I can't top it. It's yeah, great. it's nice. It's nice. We like to take the kids over there sometimes just to ride the bikes and stuff like that. Now with COVID and everything, they're not really as friendly as letting people in. But anyway, so, okay. So you started, you had the entrepreneur bug, didn't work out. Um, and then tell me a little bit about um, what it is you guys do at Jump Crew and what your path has been there. Yeah, definitely. Um, so Jump Crew was founded with a pretty simple mission, which was to create revenue for our clients. And it sounds kind of really buzzy, but think about sales and marketing are traditionally the two departments that create revenue. But when you're a product-led founder or you're a scaling company, you've got a product or a service, but oftentimes sales and marketing are the two departments that are the most difficult to stand up, difficult to scale, um, difficult to manage, um, but are certainly some of the most important ones, if not the most important too. So Jump Crew said, can we solve these two problems for our clients? Can we become that arm as a fully operational, fully white-labeled extension. And that that was the model. Um, we started with just a handful of people in a co-working space here in Nashville in 2016. I started in 2017 in October when we had about maybe 50 people. I was hired as an account executive, making cold calls, sending emails, trying to close deals. Um, yeah. And uh, since then, we've grown to about 375 employees had the opportunity to work with some of the most notable logos that pretty much everybody would know. And probably more importantly, um, uh, mostly companies that everybody doesn't know. Um, and I think that that's what's really important is we like that opportunity to, to hop in um, when the trajectory is, is on the way up, 
do what we can to help that trend line continue. And, you know, many of the companies that we've worked with, we certainly work with for a long time because we become, become such an integral part of that. So, you know, the two-sided model for us is standing up fully dedicated white labeled sales teams and then bolting on the marketing tactics that help those sales teams be successful. Wow. Okay. So when you started, there was only a handful of folks? Yeah, we were about 50 or so people. But interestingly enough, a large majority of that headcount was um, on behalf of a client that we had at the time. So my sales team was just four or five people that were responsible for new business for Jump Crew. So we were a small but mighty team. Um, and everybody else was, uh, was, was working on that client or in support roles. Got it. Okay. So you guys have specific people that are dedicated for doing work for clients. That's exactly right. Yeah, that's that's been our model. Um, and it's definitely been a differentiator for us when we bring on a new client and we start standing up a team on their behalf. When we recruit, hire or source the talent that's going to work on that particular account, that's all they do. They're fully dedicated. So from day one and beyond, their ability to understand the product and improve day to day just gets better and better and better. So they're not fractionally spitting, splitting time switching costs between different accounts, fully dedicated. I mean, it's corny, but you know, they become an extension of, of that brand. They just supported by our infrastructure and, and our expertise. Got it. Okay. And so wh- what do you think that, uh, what, what do you think is attributed to, you know, some of the growth? I mean, it sounds like you guys had some pretty serious growth. You were there from the beginning when there's really only a few people, you know, really dedicated to jump crew. Um, what, what do you think has attributed to that growth? Yeah, um, it's interesting. I'm not sure if I can attribute it to one thing, but certainly something that we've observed over the past couple of years is that the appetite for focusing on what you're best at and finding solutions for everything else seems to be increasing. And I I don't know exactly what triggered that. Maybe it's been a super slow roll, but I'd say the majority of the conversations I have is folks saying, I want to focus on my product. I'm either not good at selling, I don't know how to do it, I don't have the resources for it, I've never run a marketing campaign, I don't know what a total addressable market is, I've never defined my ICP, I've never recruited and hired a team, and they just don't want to do it. In some cases, they have done it, and because of that is why they don't want to do it again. (laughs) And then in other cases, um, they have a system that's working really well, but they just need to be able to pour gasoline on the fire, and we already have the infrastructure in place to do it. And... I mean, it's a really silly analogy, but like if my car starts smoking under the hood and I got to pull over, sure. I mean, I could lift up the hood and I could try to tinker around with it, but like, I don't know shit under there. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm going to make it worse. Probably I'm going to take it into the shop where there's a team of people who have encountered pretty much every single problem you can imagine, who can actually assess the the issue, make a recommendation and then solve it for me. You just go to an expert to solve that particular discipline and that's it. Um, And that seems to be the trend line. And it's really only increased, especially in the past 18 months. Yeah. 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 Wow. Okay. So basically there's a few different reasons why people would work with jump crew. Um, and you basically laid those out, but what are, what are some of the things that you see that are maybe, you know, changing in sales over in the time that, you know, you guys get, you know, to work on, you know, different companies, different industries, right? So do you, do you get involved in like the client work as well? Are you responsible just for the, uh, sales team that's specifically tasked with driving revenue for Jump Crew. Yeah, so I have um, a unique luxury, which is that I have both sold the sausage and I have made the sausage. So I have actually <laughs> worked on the delivery side as well. Yeah. Um, and I've gotten a chance to at any given time be working across finance, 
automotive, media, um, SaaS, healthcare, all at once. And that unique competitive advantage there is that you're getting this 30,000 foot overview of what's happening from a macro perspective. And then you can apply macro learnings to more micro use cases. And I think that that's a, a really unique um, almost proprietary advantage that we have. Um, so I do like that. I think generally speaking, some things that maybe used to work that don't anymore are spray and pray. Um, you certainly cannot. Like if I had to summarize, like I think we were talking about this a little bit before, um, before we started recording that like yeah. the amount of tips around effective cold calls or effective emails, here's nine ways to get someone to answer your cold call. Here's 11 way subject lines that are going to increase your response rates. Like, dude, that stuff is, is, is so overplayed. Like it's the, I think I said to you that it's like the dog chasing the, the mailman. Like what are, what are you even going to do when you actually get there? You're going to bark, you're going to bark, you're going to get there. And then like what? So I, there is significantly less attention being paid to meaningful connections. And that is the trend line across every single industry Every single objective, every single product, that if you aren't finding a way to create a meaningful connection that's specific to that individual, that shows you've done your research and is in a way like coming on in a, um, with humility and acknowledging the fact that like we're all getting bombarded with nonsense all the time, that that one tiny little like flower coming up in the dirt that shows somebody actually actually gave two shits is the only way to make a meaningful connection. So we've seen that everywhere. And it also matters on the digital side as well. There's that saying of right place, right time, right message, right person, et cetera. Like that's never been more true. So if you don't know what that reason is, why you should even be there in the first place, then you've already failed. Mm. Okay. So give me, give me an example. How does the seller that's like, man, I've just been following all these people, you know, give me all these silver bullet tips on how I'm supposed to run my sales plays and process. Um, how do I run a play that actually shows I actually give a shit? Yeah. Now this is going to be me borderline starting to sound like I'm now preaching on my soapbox. Of here's the <laughs> That's okay. so I'm very we'll aware. let you preach. We'll let you preach for a minute. I'm very aware. What works is a combination of you were put on my radar because here is why I see a fit here. And I've done some homework already to help you understand the connection. And then our CEO, Robert, said something to me once about what he res what resonates with him when he's seen um, someone reaching out and trying to make an introduction. Yeah. He says, tell me something about my business I don't already know. Mm. And so the way in which I've been coaching my team and it's, I say coaching, like we're learning it together. Like we sit down and we're saying, try this, try that. Like I certainly don't know exactly what's going to work every time, but... I say, what if you just sold on their behalf for them in that email? Say, look, you know, this is a home run for us and here's why. We've got this, this experience with this client and that client. You're not going to read this. So you know what? I went ahead and just tried to pitch for you, right? I found a couple of prospective clients that I think match your ICP, but like, tell, tell me if I'm wrong. Like I did an initial data pull of your total addressable mm. market. And I found there's 12,000 companies with this seniority ranking. Like if you can go through that exercise... At the very least, what you've come away with is a really positive first impression of your brand that's yep. different from everybody else. And yep. I, no one may ever respond to that meeting, but we now have visibility into seeing how that initial touch 
impacts someone's awareness of jump crew. And then we see that flywheel come back over time where because we had that, we took the time to make that super valuable and almost just kind of like dropped the grenade and walked away. We're like, look, I did this work for you. Like, see you later. Um, That those come back really organically. Yeah. You know, the big, the big difference there is you're showing them instead of just telling them, right? Like you're showing them, Hey, here's what we do. Here's what we've already done for you just to show you that we can get the job done. Um, if you're interested, we're here, right? Nobody else is doing that. Everybody else is just, Hey, we can do this. We can do this. We can do this. We've done this before. Here's, you know, a bunch of logos of who we've done it for. Nobody cares. That stuff doesn't work anymore. Right. But if you can take the extra step, um, you know, for example, you know, here, what we do at Salescast is we manage B2B podcasts. We help, you know, podcast drive revenue through aligning their podcast strategy with their business objectives. Um, if we can go and they already have a show or if they've been on shows and we can start to, if we could show something, have a good reason for reaching out, number one, and then do some work ahead of time. Maybe it's some suggestions on some improvements or some things that we saw that they could maybe do better, giving them some examples that, that catches their attention every time. Yeah, 100%. And the other thing that we've been leaning into as well, and I'd be curious what your experience has been, is we, we fundamentally believe that the challenge of quote unquote of traditional outbound can be offset through two categories. One is identification of intent and the other is through up more upstream education. So if you can address those two with significant um, effort and intentionality, then you're going to have much better success in creating high intent buyers that you didn't strong arm into a meeting. If I see one more message come into my LinkedIn email or into my uh, into my LinkedIn email or into my yeah. email that ends with coffee's on me, I swear to God, like that is the most tired bullshit. Like uh, that, I, I literally, you could have actually done the work, but if you say anything about coffee on me, like, oh, and I've also seen something too, where everyone's been trying to shorten the amount of time that they're asking me to commit before it was like, do you have 30 minutes to let me show you more about this? Now do you have 15 minutes? Do you have six minutes like this? Oh my gosh, very specific. Okay, give me your entire pitch in six minutes. Wow, great. I I think that's ridiculous. So if you can really work up market and focus on that intent, how can I identify companies that have buying intent? There's a couple of different ways to do that. And then education is how can I educate the buyer before they ever actually fill out a form? That way, when somebody does fill out a form, there's intent. And if I'm educating up market, I have resources that I can actually use through an intentional outbound motion. Mm, okay. A couple of things I want to dig into there. Yeah. And yeah, I've seen, I've seen these same things, right? Of asking for less time. And here's the one I hate the most. The one I absolutely hate the most is these people who are offering gift cards for you to take yeah. a demo. It's like, yeah. you think like a $25 Amazon or fi- I've seen 50, or I've even seen a hundred. I think you think it's worth my time to sit on a demo with you for something that I don't even care about. Like it's almost a, um, like you're, you're basically, you're valuing my time and it's, and it's, and it's basically just pisses you off more than anything. Right. Um, but Okay. So here's, here's what I want to dig into because you mentioned, right? So peep, buyer intent, right? So how do, how do the people, how do teams or orgs go about like, let's make sure we're reaching out to the right people that do have intent. You mentioned there's a few different ways. Maybe you can tell us what those are or pick one that we can dig into. 
Yeah, I mean, there's so- a lot of software out there. I mean, we use a software tool. We use a tool called in Sixth Sense, which I'm a huge. I mean, I'm gonna I'll plug it here. Um, it's Sixth Sense has been a really va- valuable ad for us. Like Jump Cruise Challenge is that we can do a lot of things for a lot of people, right? The way we have different ways in which we can structure the combination of the sales and the marketing and it's bespoke. It's It's got to be specific. We can't just like flip on a light switch and it's the same process for everybody. We have a very thorough, almost mind-numbingly detailed internal process to vet out every single potential partner to ensure that we jump crew our best position to be successful. So we can't just flip the light switch and go. So using a tool like Sixth Sense for us gives us visibility into that um, pre-form fill activity pool. Like I have been a buyer and the last thing I want to do is fill out a form until I am absolutely ready. I'm going to do a lot of research on my own. I'm going to dig around online. I'm going to read articles. I'm going to ask colleagues of mine, which is also an interesting place where a lot of these conversations and decisions get made, especially when you're thinking VPC suite. They're asking their fellow CEO, they're asking their fellow VP, hey, have you ever tried to solve this problem? What have you used? Who have you used? So that's happening a lot before anyone ever fills out a form. And you can throw money at AdWords all day long, but you're just going to get people who are window shopping and don't really have any intent. For us, another area in which we can see some level of, I wouldn't really call it intent, but perhaps need is job boards. It's we can go on to LinkedIn and I break the team up into geographic territories. They get, you know, Northeast, Southeast, Northwest, Southwest. And they break that up by companies hiring SDRs, BDRs, marketing roles, AEs, even inside sales managers. If I can identify that they clearly have a need to fill then I have some type of a talk track. Now that one's you know not as sexy as I'd like it to be, um, yeah. but it shows some level of intent. Yeah, I mean for your for what you guys do specifically, right? Or if some, if your business has something to do with, hey, we you know are the people who have intent are typically hiring for these roles or hiring for you know that then it works, right? Um, but with Six Sense, like how real time is that data? Like if somebody's shopping around visiting these sites, like how real time is that? And is everybody else already attacking, you know, based on that data being available, right? Yeah. I, I don't know the answer to your second question. Maybe if they have a tool like that, possibly. Um, but for the first question, um, we get updates every single day uh, as accounts reach different thresholds of intent. And so that helps us to think about how we want to frame our top and middle funnel strategy, and especially our lower funnel strategy. Um, we can use that insight to tailor our ad campaigns. We can then use those insights to trigger actions from my sales reps. So I'd say on a daily basis, we're getting notifications of accounts that look, act, behave, and are showing signs of being similar to our previously closed one accounts. Mm-hmm. And for us, where I can't just pull a list of companies at, that fit a certain criteria and a certain decision maker title and just tell my sales team to just drop them into a sequence and know that mathematically, if we send a hundred of these, I'm going to set two meetings. Like we don't have that luxury. And to be frank, like I don't really want that to be Jump Cruise reputation at all. Um, so we have to approach it differently. Now, if I know that there's a company that has been searching for outbound marketing, 
outbound sales, um, lead generation, has been searching for sales strategy, um, has been looking for funding. We oftentimes find the jump group plugs and plays really well for companies that are between seed and series A. They got to show customer growth for series A. So I can see that insight as well. And so that helps to give my team some ammunition that, all right, there's some level of intent here. Now their approach to go back to what we were talking about, instead of them mindlessly creating these really long, thorough, thoughtful emails on a list of accounts that's just cold, that we just pull based on a hypothesis, yeah. they're going to get burnt out. They've gotten burnt out pretty quick. They're like, I've sent 40 of these in the past couple of days and got nothing. And that'll just yeah. kill you. That'll just kill your motivation. Yeah. But if I tell them, hey, like these accounts, look at the timeline. Look at the timeline of what these accounts are doing. They're like, ooh, now. Now I'm interested. And that's definitely helped to increase the overall energy level and um, and precision with which they're conducting outbound. And what, how have you seen how have you seen this with in regards to like shortening stale cycles? Yeah, that's uh, actually interesting. I would say two data points that have definitely trended in the right direction. For us, one of the lead indicators of future success is inbound lead to opportunity conversion ratio. So that number has fluctuated anywhere between 14% on the high side, 1.5% on the low side. If we're trending somewhere between 8 and 14%, then we know we're going to have a pretty good month. Historically, we've seen that that translates. That means that the leads that are actually coming in are converting into sales opportunities. And then we convert our sales opportunities at a 38% clip. So I can actually start to calculate that out. Now, since we started leaning into the intent-based strategy, we've seen that number, which dipped as low as 1.5%. And we're sitting there thinking like, holy, holy hell, where's our pipeline? Yeah. What, what are we doing? Now we've started to see that go back to now where it's averaging almost 10%. Um, so that's been immensely valuable for the team. Our sales cycle, what we're finding, although we're in a pretty early cohort of this right now in the beginning of 2022, is what we're finding, not statistically yet, because I haven't actually checked the most recent data, but what I'm seeing anecdotally is that people are coming in as leads and they're not saying, yeah, can you tell me just a little bit about like what you guys do or, oh, okay, that's interesting. interesting. They're coming in and they're like, I need something and I need stat. Mm -hmm. And whether that's purely the result of just the trend in the market that we were talking about, or if that's a result of the improvements in the way in which we're able to target these buyers, um, it's translating well. Our sales cycle, at least in the month, month of March, was shorter by a couple of days. Um, but I'd be curious to look at this cohort by the end of the six months that started 2022 and see what that looks like. Got it. Wow. Interesting. Very interesting. Well, Jaren... Thanks so much, man. This has been fun having you on. Any final thoughts? And then what are we going to include in the show notes? How can people find out more, get connected with you? All that good stuff. Yeah, honestly, the best place for Jump Crew is LinkedIn. Um, we're spending a lot of time focusing on storytelling there. Um, we've really wanted to pendulum swing away from the features and benefits. And our proprietary value is the people that are here. And so you're going to be seeing a lot of stories about like really difficult problems that we've had to solve and then how we went about it. And what happened. Sometimes the results weren't always good. Um, and so we're going to be telling a lot of those stories. We also just announced we're doing a LinkedIn live series called Things We Effed Up. Um, and so we're going to be bringing on guests to talk about like their worst blunders, whoopsies, mistakes. Um, we're going to be doing that um, at least once a month, if not more frequently. So the first one is on is on Tuesday. That's on our LinkedIn who's, page as well. Who's hosting it? 
myself, my colleague, Matt Schumacher, who's one of our revenue strategists. And then we're also going to be joined by Ed Page, who's the CEO of OpenUpWindows.com. And uh, he's, he's going to be a blast. So he's fantastic. Uh, so we're going to have him on as well. Um, but generally speaking, I mean, final thoughts, like, man, we, I, I feel so passionately about the way things are shifting in quote unquote sales in general, in that there's almost been this significant reset post COVID where people realize that there is no value if it's not personal. And I can't speak more highly about the importance of making every connection internally or externally as human and personal as possible. Otherwise, like what are, what are we doing? It's not, it's not fun anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I definitely see a shift and, you know, but there's still a lot of work to do. <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. Uh, thanks again for coming on. We'll include those links there in the, in the show notes for everybody. If you enjoyed today's episode, please write us a review, share the show with your friends. It really does help us out. And we're always listening for your feedback. You can go to resellstransformation.fm, drop us a voice DM, and we'll get back to you. Hey, you stuck around. That tells me you're serious about your own sales transformation. If you're tired of doing things the old way and want to get started in your journey with other people on the same path, head over to salescast.community and crush your numbers on your leaderboard. Yeah, it's free. Salescast.community. Send me a DM with your best pitch and mention this ad, and I might even give you free access to our best templates.